Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to talk to you. How are you, Verity? What on earth are you trying to figure out this week? <laughs> yes, well, well, many things, many things. It has been a funny week in terms of uh, what's happening with COVID and the UK and everything. Um, but aside from that, I am trying to figure out boundaries, um, which something has come up more from a, on a professional level than a personal level, but I think they do as a woman intertwine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, my worth, <laughs> what my time and energy is worth. Um, where do I give it out because I care about something but know that it takes from me, you know, I suppose pro bono or whatever you want to call it. Um, How do I decide what I should take on, what I shouldn't? Um, Yeah, it's it's been really interesting. I think the thing that sparked this is because like, I have like my one key goal at the minute, which is kind of building my startup. And I feel that I I need to put everything into it. Mm -hmm. You know, I have, I have like a, two day a week job that pays the bills and that's fine. And then everything else I feel needs to go into that. And so having to question everything else that I do other than that, um, because I'm finding that I just don't quite have that level of energy that I need to like really make it go. Um, and then, and then it comes with all those frustrations and guilt and shame and all of that, doesn't it? So, I think it's interesting and I think it's interesting being a woman and talk about this because I think if I was a guy I'd just be like forget everything else I'm doing this (laughs) and I feel like I can't so I'm just trying to figure out the best way for me how to deal with this and manage this yeah no I totally hate that boundaries is one of those things that it's it takes strength to set them and it takes even more strength to keep to them (laughs) Yeah. Because you always be challenged and questioned and like, yeah, there's often quite a lot of emotional, I don't even know what the word is for it, but like, it's not always as easy to say no as we would like it all to be. That's the truth. Yeah. Even when we know it's the thing that would be the best for us, it can still be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, <laughs> that's the joyous world of boundaries that I've been figuring out what what have you been figuring out well this week I am really trying to figure out life in tier two because Mm. I um so I currently live in London which uh has moved into tier two but also I will be shortly moving back to Nottingham and that already gone into tier two and so Mm. there's this weird thing because I had a moment where I was like oh no I'm going to Nottingham and like Nottingham's in a worse place than here why would I give up been able to see like five people why would you give that up <laughs> and um so I was always starting to feel like a bit anxious about going home and then then London got put in the same place I was like oh, okay well at least it's the same situation but actually it's different for me because right now I live by myself um so that means I get a support bubble and like my support bubble is a great friend who 
I only probably do see once a week, once a fortnight, but I have a proper like, like Friday or Saturday night where I forget, like, it's like I go mm-hmm. in the house and then it's like everything else that's happened in the world, you forget about it and you have this complete and utter normal, what I would have on a Friday or Saturday night anyway, like get some rosé, put on some rubbish film, get a takeaway and like play the music and so it's that thing of like pure like escapism but obviously it means I spend an awful lot of time by myself and as an extrovert it is hard going <laughs> like it really mm-hmm. is but then when I go home I'll be living with one of my parents then it means that's it I would basically end up only seeing them forever and it feels like forever and I know it's not <laughs> and it's a real weird thing because I was saying like actually I I think I did really quite well during normal lockdown. Like I actually mm. coped with it quite well. I was super lucky to be like living with one of my best friends and we had a gr- I had a great three months of just living with her. And so it's weird that it's like, as now you should be feeling better. Now is when I'm starting to feel more just like, oh my gosh, I just can't cope with it. And I think the big difference is because it's about Britain and the weather. <laughs> And so actually when it was, okay, fine, you can't see anyone in like indoors, but you could see someone outdoors. That's fine when you live somewhere sunny, (laughs) but you Mm -hmm. can't make any plans in England because it basically rains like every day. Like at the moment, I feel as if every single time I go for a walk, halfway through the walk, it rains every single day. And so that's the difference of just thinking, it's just going to rain and be windy and dark for six months and we're not going to see anyone. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it together, but I'm not doing very well this week. (laughs) Yeah. I think everyone's had a wobble this week. I can see it on social media feeds. I definitely had a wobble this week. I've just, I think I've just got to that point where obviously feel very blessed to be in the situation I'm in, but I'm also a bit like, gosh, this is getting like quite draining now. Um, and I think it's all the back and forth. And now Wales is going into a two-week full lockdown, but England's not. And then Scotland's doing their own thing. And even within our nation, it's all different rules. And then mm. um, it's actually what I was going to talk about in terms of what I've been reading, but kind of COVID and class. So as okay. you know, I love talking mm. about class. I feel like people in this country don't talk about class anymore, but it, I, I think it's still a huge part of our culture and nation and yeah I and I I know you're in London and I think London is an I can't say this word anomaly um but it's it's becoming this north-south divide um and it's really horrible to see um and I've just been reading a couple of bits from many different sources just around you know how it seems to be the poor northern places that are, are being kind of put in the the lockdowns even though you know when you look at the figures like say for instance they put Lancashire into lockdown there's towns in Lancashire that are like triple the amount of kind of R rate or whatever than there are in others but they're all banded together it seems a bit odd yeah. and um but having said that, London, you know, and, and I forgive me, I don't have the figures to hand, but I would assume a lot of London is working class. There obviously are, that's where the millionaires, billionaires are, but there's also a lot of working class people within London and within the areas within London. So again, it seems like, oh, but London, you know, London's in, in kind of gone into that tier as well. But I do think there are a lot of people in London who are going to really struggle as well with 
with the situation that we've been asked to abide to um and yeah I just I just find it a very interesting thing obviously Andy Burnham has been stood in his anorak god bless him trying to fight for the rights of the Manchester people uh not going into the highest tier um and I think just before we came to record this podcast it it was unsuccessful and no deal had been made and they're going to be forced into it and uh yeah, it just, I mean, thankfully we have a northern spirit that will help us <laughs> but will to, a certain extent, <laughs> to a certain extent, but I think it is, I think it's just sad. It's just a really sad situation to be in. And again, like we are a, a developed Western country, we're so lucky in so many ways, but it does feel that there is becoming that divide and that, that makes me sad. That does make me sad. No, I think, and I think also by there being a divide, it then makes people feel like it's more unfair because actually what you then feel as if is like, because of the place I live, I'm basically being penalised. And lots of people will say, like, this is my home. It's like, this is where I, I'm not going to change where I live just because now it's like a postcode lottery, basically. That's what it feels yeah. like. Well, I'm in the late district. I live in the late district. And uh, I mean, did uh, did you not know? There's no there's no COVID here. There's no pandemic here. Oh, everyone's like wandering around, loving life, no restriction. Honestly, it's a completely different world, and I don't understand why it takes me 15 minutes to drive to the Lancashire border. That's all. Mm. And you know, the cynic in me is like, well, I'm sure the Lake District makes blooming billions in tourism, yeah. so they're not going to shut that down quick, you know. So I think it's. Um, I have become a little bit cynical, I'm afraid. Um, you know, let's let's keep the rich northern places open and and you know, shut the poor ones down. But the other thing is with tourism, like people I was from the start, I thought, well, people may have COVID, but they'll have gone back home. Mm. So of course the rate here is gonna be low because we've only got like small populations. True. And then all the tourists will just take the COVID back home. Anyway, so I just, yeah, it's, um, and I think, uh, you know, it it seems to be mirrored in in places like America and stuff. There seems to be these divides happening, which in a time like this, we could do without because we need to hold on to whatever we can at the minute, you know, to make sure that we all keep our sanity and community spirit and everything. But yeah, it seems... It's a, a bit tricky and I don't, you know, I think the government have a very difficult job on their hands, but I just think it could have been dealt with a little bit better. So one of the things that I actually have been getting back into after quite a while, which is I'm getting back into podcasts. So I've definitely done a massive U-turn and I think because I stopped in the daily commute, I stopped listening to the podcasts. And then, oh, because I went to stop going to the gym and I stopped going to the gym. So yeah, podcast fell by the wayside, totally lost it. However, now that I'm back on my hour a day, trying to make sure at least I get a couple of steps in and don't turn into a complete fatty on the sofa. I don't even have a sofa, so I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> I, you don't, uh, hold on, you don't have a sofa? No. <laughs> okay. It didn't make it out of the flat. Let's not go get into the details of that. There's a photo I can share about my sofa not making it out of my flat when I had to move to my temporary accommodation. Yay to the world. So uh, so I'm back on walking and I've been listening to some podcasts. And actually what I've been digging back into 
is Russell Brunson traffic secret. So I'm a massive Russell Brunson fan. If you've never heard of him, he runs a company called ClickFunnels. And basically he's obsessed with like online marketing, digital marketing, but especially sales funnels. And a few weeks ago, I did um, a training for a group of female founders, all on sales funnels. And I thought, oh, I've not actually listened to Russell in a while. So let me see what's happening. And this uh, podcast has been made, was specifically made during lockdown. So actually he was launching his third book. So he's had expert secrets, dot-com secrets and traffic secrets, the third one. And because he was at home, he decided to actually like, he was going live every single day and like sharing something on the book. So I've just been properly... I suppose, re-emerging myself into that world of that type of digital marketing. It's not something that I spend an awful lot of time doing. I think I spend much more time like in like, the organic space and like like really rich in content and not necessarily as like sales, and, like e-commerce driven and like upsells and one-time offers and all that stuff. But the geek in me does like it. And he, he like clearly loves it and he's just like, Full of it and on for it so I will be getting a book so you'll probably hear more specifically about the value in a book but just if there is obviously both me and Verity are marketers so we know we get people that are into marketing and other female entrepreneurs so if you've ever thought mm, I need to probably up my game in the world of digital stuff he definitely is one to give you some ideas like that's for sure I'm definitely a person that I've always thought because ultimately he wants you to buy software he will give away so much great value because he's not actually mm. trying to sell his expertise he doesn't want you to sign up to be like on his coaching program or to buy a yeah. course or anything so he is properly really free at giving everything because all he hopes is ultimately you buy a tick so <laughs> mm-hmm. true true which i've oh, done yeah. <laughs> it worked <laughs> in the past <laughs> I still pay the retainer fee. It's like, because I spent so long creating something that I was quite proud of. I kind of don't want to let that go. So I pay like $10 a month to like keep it there. But I think I need to let it go. I mean, what did we talk about last week? Mm-hmm. Making space, making space. Holding on to something. I hear you. I you know. know, I hear you. Think about that one very I soon. I hear you. <laughs> I will, I will, I will. <laughs> Have you been reading anything interesting this week? I have been rereading. So I've been rereading. So I went back to Tim Ferriss's The 4-Hour Workweek. Oh my God, I love that book. So I hated it. No, I can't <laughs> remember when I originally read it. Another example of me and Shelby in complete opposites. So Go I think on. it has to be over five years ago because I can specifically remember actually being in Streatham in South London in the W8 Smiths. <laughs> Old school. I know. I could like, <laughs> you have a really vivid memory. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I remember getting the book and reading it. And the thing that really upset me at the time was because I just thought, why would anyone want a company that you don't want to work in? Like, so basically, as the title suggests, four hour work week, he wants you to help create a company where you just like don't need to work it, basically. You're just. Mm. And I just remember thinking, why? Like, I really was like excited about having a company, but everything about me wanted to work. Like, I'm a worker. I don't, I didn't see the point of having a company. And then you, you could just do it for four hours. And then what would you do with the rest of the week? And that's more probably because I also don't have a life. But still, I didn't like it. I was like, no, nah, it's not for me. However, 
I am a big believer in like sometimes books can come to you at the right and the wrong time in your life and that mm-hmm. they're normally good value and so many people recommend this book that I decided I should reread it also I think I read it before I started reviewing books so I decided oh well I'm gonna give it a read and I'll review it and given now the changes that's happened in my life it would be interesting to relook at it and actually I didn't hate it now I think now I was able to look at it from a different perspective and actually think there is a beauty in like what he wants you to achieve in terms of like productivity and like about using automation to the best way possible and about really I suppose being able to make money in a way that doesn't kill you and therefore you can use the rest of your time how you please so and I think that's the difference is you know for our work week was at that time I was thinking I wasn't in a job that I hated so I didn't therefore need to have create a business that wouldn't require me to be there but some of the things he suggests are to help people to like remove themselves from the office which is basically a classic example now like everyone's taken themselves out of businesses and they've proved like we can keep companies running without us being there every day but then all of a sudden that now means if you're interested in travel you can start doing all that travel and still keep do your work because you can do it from anywhere and Mm. you talk about I suppose just yeah definitely ways to just either like improve your productivity like eliminating distractions using automations and really I think now I can see the nuggets of gold that are in it and I think it's most people probably would get something valuable out of it even if you don't ultimately want to work four hours a week because I was like actually even if I thought about it in a way just to be like maximizing the income I could make from one sort of project that then means you can feed into something else like actually if you had something in the model give you a four-hour work week which was paying for everything life would be great but rather than thinking like the swings and roundabouts of it basically yeah and I do think that title is a bit of clickbait in the book world because I think anyone if there might be someone like you Sherelle like a few years back thinking why would you be recommending this to us like why would we want to work for hours that's just ridiculous can't even understand how that would work but I think just try and not get too hooked on the title like it it's more about working less and more efficiently so you have a more balanced life I suppose isn't it and I think yeah, I think there's some really good points in the book. What I took from it, I mean, I read it years ago, was a lot of it was about outsourcing. So again, working in your zone of genius. If it isn't your zone of genius, pay someone else to do it, yeah. um, which I think is, in my world, still an ideal scenario in that you have to then make that money to pay someone to do it. But then once you've got that traction, it happens, you know. Um and, you know, personally, I don't think an eight-hour, nine-to-five working day works anymore. It, it, my, my body cannot sit down for eight hours. I have a standing desk now. And I try and, like, have a walk or, you know, on the days I have to do, like, a kind of eight to ten-hour day at a computer, I'll go on a walk or do yoga or dance in the middle because I just can't – my body literally can't do it anymore. So I get it from that angle as well. Um but didn't he have a few weird stories like he went to learn like the tango in Buenos Aires or something? Was it? Something? <laughs> I mean, he's full of because he's like he wanted to. I can't remember if it's like how many world records he's done. Like he's got. I'm sure he's got a good couple of Guinness World Records under his belt, and just likes to win crazy things. Like that's the thing, Tim. For him, I truly believe actually he is like the ultimate lifestyle entrepreneur, and therefore that's why 
he like uses those sort of clickbait titles because he genuinely is someone who has so much interest in the most random, crazy, experiential things that he wants to do. But as Verity said, that actually the principles, even if you're not looking for that that even extreme lifestyle, like entrepreneur way of life, they still could bring value. And I think not right now, actually as well, they would be probably viable just to rethink like you said, should it, any of us be going back to going back to an office for eight hours and sitting there? Like, yeah, it's a long day, and I definitely don't believe it's the most productive we can be. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that kind of girl. <laughs> um, well, talking about the tango, Ooh. the thing that I watched this weekend and that filled my heart with so much joy is Strictly's back. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> any of our non-UK uh well actually you might know it if you're in the US we know quite a few listeners are in the US because what's it called over there um Dance with the Stars or Dance mm. with the Stars so Strictly is back and in COVID which is pretty blooming amazing I've, I don't know how I feel part of me is so excited that it's back and the other part of me it just feels very upset that everyone is two meters apart and that everyone has to like so basically the way that they've done it is when they're presenting it like they're all two meters apart and the thing is the dancers the lovey-dovey the huggy kissy there's none of that going on the judges have their own podiums (laughs) um and then all the dancers the professional dancers had to like um isolate for two weeks then move in together Mm. as a, a group for a month to practice all the dances for two weeks then film them for two weeks and then now they've been partnered up each celebrity and each dancer lives alone yeah so everyone has to be away from family and I just I mean I'm so glad that it's back on and because it does bring me so much joy but it's there was there was a real like it was tainted so you know and it was just a weird thing to watch because I don't watch normal tv Mm. so everything I watch was filmed pre-covid yeah on Netflix or whatever so I've like not really seen this before and then all of a sudden I'm like everyone's two meters apart what it doesn't make any sense well it does you know but so yeah so I I have started watching that they matched people up on Saturday and it, we've got the first same-sex couple so uh Nicola Adams a female boxer who is gay is matched up with a woman so I can't wait to see what that's going to be like mm. so that's really interesting and really good for the BBC like too I mean I say really good it's 2020 come on we should have had the same-sex couple like years ago but anyway you know good to see things moving forward in terms of uh, equality and stuff so yeah, that's going to keep me busy on a Saturday evening, moving forward. <laughs> I mean, I do love a bit Strictly. I'm not, I don't normally watch it, but my mum is the most massive fan ever. <laughs> so whenever I end up during the autumn, whenever I go back home, literally every Saturday night, I'm forced to sit and watch it. But it's good. It's a nice bit of like escapism. And I think that's, you know, we all need that. And I'm, you know, I'm a massive dance fan and I truly believe it's, great for us to just have something to like watch and like forget even not in COVID times just in normal times it's great to be able to escape so hopefully even if it's a little bit weird and they're all on their podiums and they're all separate we'll get to see some great dance that will like reignite our spirit inside so hopefully mm-hmm. you'll have to keep yeah. us up to date with how it all goes oh well <laughs> good 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 and actually I did watch 
I watched something this week. Can't you tell? I'm losing the plot. I'm watching telly like something at least once a week now. And you are going to say you can't believe I've not watched this because having just said what I said. So I finally watched The Greatest Showman. Oh my gosh, please. Are you... I can't even. I can't even. I watched it at the same time as you on Channel 4 the other night. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing that's hilarious is anyone who knows me would be like, what do you mean you've never watched it? And I've definitely listened to the soundtrack. Like the person in my office that sat next to me loved it. She played the soundtrack all the time. So I recognised loads of the songs, but I just never had it got around to watching it. And then yeah, I was on Channel 4, so I thought, oh, why not? Why don't I watch it? And obviously I really enjoyed it. And it made me realise how much I just love musicals. So that's why I think in the whole Strictly, I feel mm. all warm and loving inside about, yeah. there's nothing better than a good song and dance. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I watched it and then I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop. I also have a very weird obsession with Zac Efron at the minute. Like Zac Efron post High School Musical days. Okay. So like Hairspray, Hairspray. Greatest Showman, um, Zac Efron, Hottie with a Beard, Worldwide Adventure Tour, Netflix series, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. And it's, 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 it's unnerving me. I've not had a crush like this for a while. So just thought I'd share that with the world anyway. Um, but yes, so uh, if you haven't watched Greatest Showman, please watch Greatest Showman. It's definitely what we need in these times. Isn't it? It's very mm. uplifting and uh, yeah, just a lot of soul and spirit to it. So, um, and do we have a, a live prompt for our of lovely course, listeners? Of course we do. Of course. So this week I'm asking you, what distractions get in the way of you being your most productive self? Oh gosh, I don't want to answer this. So obviously I've been thinking because the four hour work week, it's got me thinking about productivity. And I think it's a dream for, for many people to be more productive. But actually quite often I end up talking to a lot of people that don't, for example, make as much content as they'd like to make for their business. And I'm always like, well, what's actually stopping you from being productive? You know what it is. Like most people deep down know what it is. And they're like, I wish I was more productive. And I'm like, yeah, you probably know what it is. Are you scrolling on social media more than you should be? Are you someone that can't sit down for an hour without thinking, okay, I need to get up. And because you're at home, you then start washing the parts and cleaning something and just like do you know what I mean like there are some people that are just constantly oh yeah 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 and that's the thing I feel like most people do know what it is so you need to start identifying like what is stopping you because if productivity is something that you want and I you know I believe probably like 75% people listening probably want to be more productive you need to work out what is distracting you and like be honest with yourself and then start to try and get rid of it yeah, a message or so Sherelle can give you a good stern talking <laughs> to and get whoop your ass into gear, which she does with me. It helps, it really does help. I'm a faffer. <clears throat> but I, I probably should journal on that, even though I don't want to. But yeah, let, let's do that. Okay, great. Well, on that note, <laughs> um, some COVID chat this week, but, you know, it's reality, isn't it? And uh, we hope everyone's doing well out there because we know it's, funny funny strange times um we're always here to reach out to if you have any suggestions for topics you want to talk about any guests you want uh, to get on the show um you know we love hearing from you so you can dm us on instagram facebook 
freeandfiguringitout or email us at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. So take care and we will speak to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.